Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode three of the 2020-2021 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, we got a great episode. We're going to go over preseason rankings. The official ones will be coming out later on this week, but Baker and I dive into our own rankings. And then we are joined by Jim Root of Three Man Weave Podcast and Website. But before we get to that, how are we doing today, Baker? And we're doing good, but we're tired. It's, it's a tired time right now. We got... Got a lot of farming going on, um, so shout out to all the farmers out there. I know everybody's working hard, and it's just kind of in the middle of harvest. Where it's it's that time where everybody's just kind of drained a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see it on your face Thank as you. we're as Thank we're you. recording Thank here. You. Well, you know, I still I still go home, and, I, and I'm not a full time farmer by any stretch, but I still go home and you know help my dad on the on the weekends just to you know give him an extra hand to, to help things move along. It's kind of a family thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of how you always do things. So shout out to any farmer listening out there. Um, you're going through some, it's a really hard work you're going through right now, but it's worth it in the end. Absolutely. I, I would say some of our listeners, hey, maybe you're listening to us on the combine yes. or maybe in the truck. Absolutely. All right. Um, hey, we got a huge announcement too. I wanted to plug. Um, new this season, uh, there'll be a new home for the March to the Arch podcast online. Uh, we're actually starting a website, uh, marchtothearchpodcast.com. Um, we will have all of our episodes streaming there. You can still get them on I, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you've been listening to it. But you can also find it there. But then from time to time, we're going to re, um, release some blogs, just some some new interactions, um, something new this year that we uh, want to try out. Yeah, and, and something else I'm going to – and I talked to Vance a little bit about this. Um, you know, maybe uh, after, after some of the bigger games in the conference, um, not necessarily our full-on weekly podcast that we do, maybe do like a 10-minute hit on – on a game, whether you know if Vance is watching a game, we do a quick ten-minute hit on our his you know quick thoughts on the game as it's kind of fresh with everybody, just to kind of give you guys a post-game reaction uh, to some of the Valley games going on out there. So I think we're gonna do a lot of fun stuff out there, um, and really hope you guys enjoy it and check it out. Yep, just once again, that's March to the Arch Podcast dot com. All right, the official preseason uh, rankings are coming out this week from uh, the Valley Beat Writers and Coaches. Um, so looking to see those official results. But before we get those, uh, Baker, you want to talk through uh, our own uh, personal rankings? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do rankings or do you want to do first, second teams, coach of the year, player? What do you want to start with? Let's start with rankings. Okay, let's start um, with rankings. So <coughs> let's start off at the top. So I will go first and say who my number one team is, and then you'll go next, and we'll talk through that. Why don't we do it at the same time? Okay. Three, two, one. Northern Loyola. Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for those listening, uh, Vance picked Loyola and Baker picked Northern Iowa. Um, so that's one and two for both of us. So um, I was Loyola and you and I. Baker was you and I and then Loyola. Baker, uh, make the case for Northern Iowa. They're better. I, I Make the case for Northern Iowa. Um, so... So knowing that you were going to have Loyola, I, I went and I, I looked into this a lot deeper just to see. Maybe I was missing something. Maybe I wasn't. And after looking into more into Loyola, the more confident I am that Northern Iowa is going to win the league. Um, 
So my big thing, my big thing, and I've said it on the podcast before, is Loyal's free throws. They're tenth last year in percentage made on free throws. Northern Iowa finished first in free throw percentage made for a team that gets. Oh yeah, the- does Northern Iowa have all five starters back, Baker? If you want to make the case for Loyola, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's Loyola. Make the case for Loyola. So who's going to get picked um, this week whenever it comes out? Northern Iowa should. Who's going to get picked? I think Northern Iowa. Really? Yeah, I really do. I do not think it would be Loyola. A recipe for success in the Valley Mm -hmm. is returning all five starters, right? I mean, we are a league that if you can get four years out of your best players, Mm -hmm. you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. You have a team that the um, leaders of the team have been in a Final Four, Baker. Do you think... Well, how many of them have been in the Final Four? How many of the leaders... Cameron Kertwig. So the one leader of, of their the leaders. So the leader of the team okay. has no, been in the Final Four. Okay. You don't think that... You've you've known the Valley for so long. Mm-hmm. Those are just recipes for success in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And that's why they should get picked. Who's got the best coach? I like... I think Ben Jacobson over... Okay. I was going to say, because you're Dean of the Valley of last year, calling Ben Jacobson would have came to question here. Yeah, no, he is the Dean of the Valley. Okay, who's the best player? I would pick A.J. Green. Okay, so but going back to my argument against Loyola, before you cut me off and freaked out, let me let me tell you why I think Loyola is slightly below Northern Iowa. When it comes to free throw shooting at the end of the game, Loyola cost themselves and let teams get into way too many games last year. And yes, the same team last year is the same team we're looking at this year. And we've said the Valley has gotten better, so let's talk about this. This same team going into the season was the worst free-throw shooting team in the league, and they get to the line a ton in the games, and they still miss a lot of free-throws. That's not good. The second thing, everybody touts about all these great three-point shooters, and yes, there are four. They are fourth-best percentage from three, and they have three guys that shoot over 40, 40% from three. Here's the thing, though. They shoot... That it's an almost an irrelevant stat because they shoot the least amount of threes in the league. So saying that if you want to go into the details and say, Loyola's going to beat you because they got all these shoes, they don't shoot threes. They don't shoot threes. They're the sixth in the league in scoring compared to you and I, who's number one in the league in scoring. So it's kind of hard when you've got a team that's offensively inept. The same offensive team that struggles is coming back. The exact same team. When you, ha- you have a team that goes through the inside game with Crutwig, if it's not working on the inside, then you're, then you're playing with fire a team that doesn't shoot a ton of threes. I think at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the better coach. I'm going to go with the two I'm going to go with the better player in AJ Green because at the end of the close game, I don't trust Loyola and I sure as hell trust Northern Iowa. Do you think they'd say that and about the you, corner and finals also, in St. Louis? Huh? Do you think you and I would say that about the corner finals in St. Louis? They got blitzed. They got blitzed. But like like you look at last year's last year's game. How many times did Loyola win games? I remember, I remember a handful off the top of my head. The, the, Val, or the Valpo games are a great example, the ones that they won during the regular season. They had almost 20-point leads in both games, and they let them just crawl back in because they couldn't make free throws. That's fair. You have a team, you have a team that I, I have the team that I know is going to well, be well-coached, the team that still has their two best players are coming back, the best player in the league, the best coach in the league, versus the team that struggled in a lot of ways against... Like it wasn't like they blew the roof off the valley with these five starters that came back. I get your argument of five, five starters, but it's about teams that've been there before. And these they, what have they have done? There. One they guy, number one guy scoring defense. You went about offense. Who was number three? Deep. And who was the number three scoring team? Okay, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa, right behind them. If you look at defensive efficiencies, it's almost irrelevant. Loyola is slightly better. It's SIU, SIU, Loyola, and Northern Iowa. It's and but the defense or the offensive difference is huge. 
And the best offensive players are coming back for Northern Iowa. Listen, if you want to make the argument about Isaiah Brown leaving, because I love Isaiah Brown. I think that is a big miss. That's a it's, big that's hit. A, that's, that's a, a huge, huge loss. Hit. But that's literally it. They hold him and contributed. I kind of, but like... I mean, the real the the thing is, you don't think you're going to be able to replace Hallman? Yes, you will. Okay. You're going to be able and 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 truth be told, it sounds like they're going to be able to replace Isaiah Brown. And when we get into the preview, we'll show that. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's I don't think there's an argument here. And I know you you think the other way. So, but, but based on what I've said, is there an argument back to that? No, there's not. I think it's a fair argument. I mean, how how small is the margin between Northern Iowa and? I think Loyola? we can both agree that I think that the. We would be shocked if it was more than two game difference at the top Agreed. of the league. Yeah, agree. And and I think the only way it's more than two is if one team's going like seventeen and one or eighteen and zero. Yeah, like I think both teams are awesome. Yeah, but I was but based on if we're trying to compare one and two with Loyola and Northern Iowa, I felt like I kind of had to nitpick. And yeah, I, that's what I was doing. I was nitpicking Northern or Loyola. Yeah, and you picked free throws. But you know what? I haven't been ta- free throws was what was going to kill them. We had talked about it all season last year. And it ended up killing them in, the, in Arch Madness. So I did just pull up their free throw percentage. They were last in the Valley, and they shot 65%. Yeah, That's they're terrible. terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. Um, and if you listen to Porter Mosier after the Arch Madness game against Valpo, he even said, like, it was free throws. And you know what? If, if you could tell me, if you told me that Loyola is going to finish in the top two in free throw shooting at the start of the season, I, you, you're starting to make a better argument. But I just... I know that I know what I've got when the ball's in AJ AJ Green's hands. Burhow, those guys make free throws. They make the winning plays down the stretch. Yeah. Um, only thing I want to say is Cooper Cephas is back. Um, he, I think he has a three point. But they don't shoot them. threes. They don't shoot threes. I think him not being. I mean, him being in the lineup will help that. So that's the only point I want to make. Um, let's move on because I think we can. We're going to be too, we're going to be going at it all yeah. year. Um, that will be on the take board. Yeah, it will be. Um, okay, so we did have consensus at third. I think everyone will have consensus at third. Um, Bradley University. Um, the Braves are good. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that Northern Iowa is closer to first or closer to third? First. Okay. I agree. I think Loyola is closer to Northern Iowa than they are Bradley. I feel like, and I don't know about you, I'd love to hear your take on this. I feel like Bradley's kind of on that second tier by themselves. Yes, and we're going to get into that with uh, Jim Root for sure uh, because I agree the way he split up the Valley, and I think a lot of people did this as well. Um, but, yeah, I think um, if there was like a Tier 2A before we get through um, the 4th through ninth, um, that Bradley would be there. Totally um, I just think consistency is going to be Bradley's. Um, it, it, that's Bradley in general. Is They're, mm-hmm. they're good for three days in, at Arch Madness for sure, mm-hmm. but how's that going to look over an 18-game season? No doubt. No doubt. And Daryl Brown being gone definitely hurts him a little bit. Um, he's a great player, great Valley player, and not having him is going to be really tough. And, I mean, Childs is there. Um, how is he going to fill that leader role? That I think Childs is going to have I will get to it, but I think Childs is going to be – he is going to know that he needs to be really good, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to come out just ready to roll. And he won't – like, Daryl Brown played with a chip on his shoulder um, the all season um, mm-hmm. because of his first-team snub. Childs won't have that. And we won't get to have that. When we when these come <laughs> out, we won't get to have Daryl Brown complain. That's too bad. Um, all right, uh, fourth um, in the rankings. Um, I had Indiana State, and you had the Southern Illinois Salukis. So we went back and forth. so so we were both our four and five was we went back and forth between Indiana State and Southern Illinois. I had the Salukis in fourth. Um, I guess I guess make the argument of why 
Why Indiana State over Southern Illinois? You're the Southern Illinois fan, so make the argument against your Salukis. I am, and I think this is going to come out, is I likely downplay the Salukis so I don't set myself up for um, failure. Mm. or um, it's, it's the opposite of what a homer should do, essentially. Um, so that's one reason. I do think that there's something to the Salukis could have a sophomore slump, and I don't mean that um, facetiously. It's more of... Because <laughs> it's Domask's uh, sophomore year and Lance Jones' sophomore year, and also uh, Coach Mullins' uh, second season as well. Um, you know, that's just something that I'm keeping my eye on that they overachieved in their first year. Um, and then let's see if, you know, just I'm not saying Coach Mullins will get figured out because I do not think that at all. I'm the number one Brian Mullins fan. Um, but it's just more of I- I'm scared of a sophomore slump season. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and. Truth be told, the one thing, and and I guess because I'm not a Saluki fan, I can kind of be the unbiased side here. I am, I am higher on Southern Illinois due to the fact that you were the best defensive team in the league last year. Yeah. Um, Brian Mullen's calling card is defense. Um, the fact that you're the best defensive team in, in this league, I think, is going to keep you in games. And you have two really, really good players that... I just wish that, and because it kind of felt like this last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, it felt like Domask took off right at the beginning of the year, and Lance Jones kind of midway through the year just absolutely went on a tear. But they didn't really intertwine as well. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of felt like one would be really good or one wouldn't. I wish if they're both really good at the same time, I think this 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 Saluki team is going to be very dangerous. And on the same flip side, Jordan Barnes is gone, although he wasn't as good last year. Switching to Indiana State. To Indiana State, sorry. To Indiana State. He's not as, him not being there... Although he didn't have as good a season, I think it's still going to hurt the senior leadership that he brought running the point. Um, I think that that is going to be a hole that um, it takes away that second option that Tyree Key always had to go to. Um, does Jake LaRavia become that second option for them? I think that that's the hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you're, you're dealing with a sophomore there as well. So, um, I mean, if you look at the both teams, the best player is Tr- Tyree Key. Um, but it feels like... I don't know. Do I take the team with the best player or the defensive team? And in this case, I think I go with the defensive team. I think the thing with SIU, just to close them out from the SIU uh, perspective, and I I don't want to come off a pessimist at all. It's just more of we lost a lot. We lost three starters. Uh, Aaron Cook, who is out for the season. McGill. uh, Sorry, Eric McGill, Barrett Benson, and Aaron Cook Mm -hmm. um, transferred to Gonzaga. Um, So we lost a lot. And Mm -hmm. so we don't have that natural senior leadership. Um, at SIU, so that that's a, a and there big might be some growing pains. You you might be right. There might be some growing pains with this team just to kind of get over that, get over the hump. But the one thing that one thing about them is youth youth set aside. Um, I know Brian Mullen's team defensive. Oh yeah. So um, let's move on to six and seven, where we're we both uh, disagree here. Um, at six, you had Drake, mm-hmm. and at six, I had Missouri State, um, and vice versa. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think they know. I hope they know. <laughs> um, so for me, I I think the big thing for me with Missouri State was um, I really like Gage Prim. Um, I think that they're. I think that them without the expectations of last year. I mean, they were our number one um, team for the league last year. I think that they lost. They lost a handful of guys, but I. But I also think that. You know, with Gage Prim and less expectations, I think that they're going to flourish a lot more. Um, I really, I really like Isaiah Mosley. I think that he came on late in the year and really started, um, 
he kind of took over as as kind of be who he kind of emerges that second guy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of felt like that senior group last year that they were counting on the Keandre Cook, Lamont West, De Silva, um, Dixon. Those guys were they let him down, and I think that it kind of felt like toward the end of the year it felt like the best players on the floor were Prim and Mosley. So with that, um, I like I like a team with a good inside outside game. I know Drake. If if they have Liam Robbins, this is this is a totally different discussion. Mm-hmm. Drake's way higher up. Um, I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, I think Drake's going to be really good, and I think this is a really close comparison. But I guess I give the the nod to Missouri State. So um, I'll start with Missouri State, even though I, I didn't pick them um, ahead of Drake. Uh, same thing. I think uh, expectations are lowered this year, and it'll help that they're not the hunted out of the gate. Um, I do love Gage Prem. Um, I just don't know if they have anything else other than Prem and Mosley. They're if a relatively uh, young or less tenured team. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of question marks with just um, uh, Dana Ford. Uh, on how he gets settled into Valley play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to be fine. It's just more huge, of, huge year for him, though. It's a big year uh, for him, and I think he's, he, um, he knows it as well. Because um, I, I, we said from the beginning last year, you know, he went the Juco route and the transfer route, and um, he somewhat did that again this year. I think some of it was out of, because he did it last year, he had to replace those guys. Um, so just a lot, TBD, and it could take them a little longer to... Um, you know, gel. So to Drake for me and why I had them um, higher is honestly Darren DeVries, Coach DeVries. Um, I think that a good coach can elevate Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Robbins losing him is obviously huge, but Penn, you know, he was the story of Arch Madness for Drake for me. Um, he really had his coming out party there. Um, DJ Wilkins back. Um, Noah Thomas, who we like. Um, I, I I think there's a lot of good pieces there, mm-hmm. and I think they're gonna have um, that mentality. Some of those guys that, you know, they're gonna say, not Liam Robbins who, but you know, don't count us out because mm-hmm. Liam transferred. Um, so I no, think that's an excellent point. I think that, I, I think I think that's an excellent point of having that chip on their shoulder, where um, based on him leaving and being their best player, him leaving and now, you're right that. It's it's such an easy team to coach because they can Next play they can play free and I, and and if you I think your argument's really good about the coach if you look at DeVries and Ford I don't think it's I don't think it's com- competition right as of right now right um, I think Dana Ford could make it there but as of now like DeVries is a better coach yeah he's he's done more so um, I don't really have a good argument against you I think that's I think that's fair I think that the I think that it's going to be an interesting season for Drake I think that if I. Th- I wouldn't be shocked if Drake beat one of the top two teams once this year. Oh yeah, I, I they have the they have the firepower where they could. I don't think that there's a team that they can't beat in the league. I just have I just feel like they're going to be one of those teams that is going to rely so heavily on the outside shot that that might that might hurt them. But <laughs> you mean the Drake way? <laughs> it is the Drake way. But um, but now you don't have that that you don't have that safety net inside. Right, and once you once you lose that, that's that makes it tougher. So, um, it's it, that's such a close match. Yep. Um, so rounding out what we were considering the second tier is uh, we both didn't agree. Valpo at eight, and then or I had Valpo at eight. You had Illinois State at eight, and then vice versa. Um, don't have a really good argument either way. It's just more of if in doubt, put Illinois State lower. 
So Valpo is Valpo still has some some decent players coming back. Donovan Clay, who I like a lot, is, yep. is still going to be really good. Um, I just think that they lost too much. Um, JFL was one of the best players in the league. Um, Fazekas, Kaiser. I mean, they're losing guys that that were just um, big minutes guys, big time players for them. Um, on the Illinois State side, they lost Copeland, mm-hmm. and everybody else is back. Um, so I think that the hard think the thing for me is and. And this isn't a shot at Zach Copeland because Zach Copeland did what he had to on a bad team last year. He kind of had to be the the go-to. But I think that having him go away, it's going to force the rest of the team to play better. Um, it's a really big year for Dan Muller. Um, it is. It's, um, and I know. Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to. I don't want. I don't like to to talk about coaches, but I mean, there's a, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Dan Muller to have a good season this year. Um, so, and, and eighth, I don't think eighth place is enough either. No. Um, but I just think that if you look at what Valpo lost compared to what Illinois State lost, and they were so close in the standings last year, I think you give the nod to Illinois State. But, I mean, I don't think either team's setting themselves up to, to avoid Thursday. I, but I will, I, I take that back. So one thing I will say is, um, I think that they're in that four through nine tier where I, it wouldn't shock me if either one of these teams found their way to sixth. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I don't think that they're as far off. I think they're f- closer to the four, five, six, sevens to tenth. Yes. But um, I mean, there's a reason they're picks eighth and ninth. Um, just for Illinois State, I really like DJ Horn and um, Fisher. I mean, Keith or Fisher. not Fisher? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, Fisher. Keith, Keith Fisher's gonna be good, and, and that's the thing. Like he's Keith Fisher will be a senior. I think. I think that DJ Horn, um, Reeves, these guys on the outside being able to shoot the ball. I think that they're going to. Uh, the one thing I think I hope that Dan Muller does, and this is an Illinois State fan talking now, I, I hope that he hands the keys over to DJ Moore, say this is your team, yep, and we go as you go, um, and and hopefully they rally around him, similar to um, I think it was like 2008 when they kind of did that same thing with Osiris Eldridge, mm-hmm. where it became his team, and he had guys like Odiakosa and um, Slack and guys like that, and they really played a lot better. Yep. Um, and same thing with Valpo. I, I think that Matt Lottick can just say, look at what we can do. <laughs> you know, I mean, look at last season, defy expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really glad Clay's back. But, yeah, they lost a lot. And, um, but at and least, maybe Clay becomes the JFL of that team. Yeah. Because last year, a lot of people left going into last year. JFL became the stud. This year, same thing. Um, and then rounding out on their own tier is just Evansville at 10th. I, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, it has nothing to do with like how bad they're going to be, but they were 0-18 last year. 0-19, if you want to include um, Arch Madness. There's just no other place to go for them, and they also lost their best players. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to know how – how big is the leap between that second tier and that third tier? Like, are are they looking at an over season again, Baker? Well, that is. So I don't think they're going over eighteen. And part of our preview coming up when we start our previews next week, um, I'm going to set the over under, and that'll be part of a little tease for you guys. We're going to do the <laughs> over unders. I'm going to set an over-under win total, and Vance is going to have to pick them out all year for all all 10 Valley schools. I like but, it. Um, so you'll find out exactly where I have their win total um, for this season. I think they're going to I think that they're going to win. They're not going to go winless. Um, I think Sam, Sam Cunliffe will. Oh, yeah. I think he will will them to a win. <laughs> um, 
I really like Evan Coleman. I don't, you know, I, like, I was going to say that. He's I was a guy, like, and, and, and I know we are like the Evansville Apologist podcast. <laughs> and I know I, I had him, th- as a podcast, we had him fourth last year. I had him third. So, and it looked great after the Kentucky game. So, um, and I like Todd Licklider. I think that, yeah. I think he's in a no win situation. I think he's trying to weather the storm and kind of right the ship. But um, I think the guy that stood out to me last year, I remember when, and I, you might have went with me to this game when Illinois State played the Evansville yeah. at Redbird Arena. A guy like Evan Coleman. Um, I mean, the team was doing terrible last year, and he was playing hard every single night. It'll be a senior year next year. Um, same with Cunliffe. I, I think they will will them to become. They will not be O for eighteen. Yep. I mean, they have some transfers and yeah. JUCO guys um, that we'll get into when we dive into the, the deeper dive. And, and, and the one thing about Licklider was he never really, and he even mentioned this, he never got to really implement his whole system. Yeah. He kind of had to coach him on the fly. So give him an off season where he can actually put in, and I know it's a weird off season, but give him time to put in when he needs to. Um, yeah, this team's going to win a game. All right, let's recap our rankings. Uh, one through ten, Vance, Loyola, Northern Iowa, Bradley, Indiana State, SIU, Drake, Missouri State, Valparaiso, Illinois State, Evansville, Baker, Northern Iowa, Loyola, Bradley, Southern Illinois, Indiana State, Missouri State, Drake, Illinois State, Valparaiso, and Evansville. Cool. All right, let's quickly run through um, just our first and second teams. Uh, That's all we did uh, from a a preseason perspective, um, Baker and I differ just just very um, very little um, on first team. So first team where we agreed: uh, AJ Green, uh, Cameron Cartwig, Tyreek Key, and Elijah Childs. Um, after a little discussion, I'm wavering a little bit, but I went with Marcus Domask um, as first team. <laughs> um, and Baker had Austin Fife, um, who was on all-conference team last year, which that doesn't bode well for me. I don't think Just, it's a uh, – it's a, it's a, I, I think you can make a good argument, though, for Damask. Oh, yeah. I think you totally can. Uh, freshman of the year last year. Um, and part of my reason to go with Fife was because um, – and this is kind of a selfish reason – is they usually go with two bigs. Yeah, on the first team and Cameron Crutwick and Austin Five. Yep, so that's good. Um, so for second team, a little bit uh, different um, between myself and Baker. So I went with Tate Hall. Baker also had um, him as well. I had Five. Baker had Damask. We both had Gage Prim. Um, I had Trey Burhow and Keith Clemens from Loyola. Um, so sorry, Trey Burhow from Northern Iowa, and then Keith Clemens from Loyola. Baker had Roman Penn from Drake and Lance Jones from Southern Illinois. Yeah, I just like I just like down the I think the the kind of their Lance Jones end of the season and, and Keith Clemens was was probably the guy that I left off and the reason I went with Lance Jones over Keith Clemens, um, if you look at Lance Jones last like ten conference games, not even close. Yeah, um, and if you, that's and you're going to base it off of the conference and what you last saw. I think Lance Jones gets a nod over Keith Clements. Who Keith Clements had some really great games down the stretch. But if you look at the overall total package of the two, um, slight nod to Lance Jones. And we've talked about Roman Penn. I like Roman Penn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see the Burhau choice because I think that you know senior year he's going to be he's going to be ready to roll and he's going to definitely get some love on uh, one of the t- first three teams. But um, I, I liked Roman Penn. I think 
That's kind of a recency thing, too, just because of how good he played in that Northern Iowa game, how good he was at Arch Madness. Yeah. Um, I think that that will carry him to the second team. I really, really, really wanted to go with Roman Penn. Um, it was just more of, I need to see a more body of his work and not, I mean, his coming out party was Arch Madness. Um, he had a really good year, but you're right. I think Arch Madness is what a lot of people are going to hang their hand on with him. Um, yeah, no, and, and, and like I said, the two, your two that I didn't have would be on my third team. Yeah. If I did my third team. So, um, does anybody have an axe grind um, between first and second? I think the only one that. Um, I, I think first team. I think between it's those six, that's who you're picking from. I think Tate Hall has a little bit of an axe grind that he could be in the conversation. Um, just due to, I think Will is going to pick first. But. Um, well, we disagree there. Yeah. Um, I think that if any of the four. I mean, AJ, Cameron, Tyreek, and Elijah. If any of those four are not on first team, um, there's your Daryl Brown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if any of those are compl- – I mean, I think that they're going to have – they can n- – none of those four should be left off. And I think at the end of the day, you can make a case for a Tate Hall. You can make a case for a Fife, Domas. There's a lot of guys. Um, I mean, Tate Hall, even a guy like Gage Prem, if you really wanted to. Um, the team might not be as good, and you might not uh, um, be thinking they're going to be as – as good, but he's going to put up really good numbers, and he's going to be a pain in the butt to play. Yeah. Um, let's let's jump in real quick to uh, Coach of the Year, and and I see uh, you went with uh, you went with your pick of the conference. Yeah, I just did the whole who I think is going to win. It's going to be their coach. So I've got Porter Mosier. Um, a little bit of body of work here, reper- returning all five starters, which I'm going to repeat a million times. Um, I, I just think that he he'll be the pick. Um, you went with Jacobson, I assume. Nope. So my coach of the year is kind of I kind of have an off the wall scenario of how he wins this. So okay. help me out. Um, I think that Loyola and Northern Iowa are the top two teams in the league. They are both fighting for at large bids, and I think they're going to be really that good. I think Bradley is going to be right there too, and I think Brian Wardle is going to get the nod because of kind of a body of work over the past couple of years, winning Arch Madness last couple of years, and I think he's going to finally figure out a way to avoid any kind of early season slip-ups or any kind of, like, you know, getting out of the block slowly. And I think that they're going to be right there, and I think that that will... I think they will compete for one and two. Like, I don't know if they're going to get there, but I think they're going to be right there. I really... Yeah, they're going to be knocking on the door. And so I think that that... I think that if you look at losing your best player, your floor general on your team, and still being right there, I think that's why I give Brian Wardle the nod. And then for my player of the year, um, I'll jump into mine... I have Elijah Childs, and the reason I have Elijah Childs is because I think that he is going to have, I think he's going to realize that after last year he had some injury troubles, he wasn't playing as well, or he didn't, he, there were times where he wasn't playing as well, I think he's going to um, show out this year. I think he's going to be trying his best to figure out a way to get drafted the next year. I think that this is going to be, um, it's kind of out there, but it's not really, because yeah. I mean, he's probably in the top three people for first team, so um I agree. No, I, I, sorry, I do not agree with that pick. Um, I will say my eyes bugged out a little bit when you said that. Um, not, <laughs> that I, not that I disagree. It's just no, more it's of that's, a, that's an off-the-wall pick, which is fine because, I mean, we all know the sexy pick is going to be A.J. Green or Cameron Crutwig. Um, I went with A.J. Green. Um, pretty much I went vanilla with all my rankings um, and uh, first and second team picks. Uh, but so what you're saying, my picks had personality. Yeah, there that's what I'm go. saying. Yeah. But I think that's not... Um, <laughs> That's not uncommon for um, our friendship. So here. this isn't so this isn't a preseason though. I, this is I'm talking at the end of the season, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I, it's the preseason rankings that come out before this. Right. Right. Yeah. It's I, and you, and the, honestly, the safe pick is AJ Green. But 
I don't know. I'm and sure. at the end of the day, you know what? None is none of this matters. All that matters is what happens on court, as what happened uh, with Missouri State and our Evansville pick last year. <laughs> but since we are talking rankings, Baker, I do have one question for you that I forgot to ask in the last segment yep. uh, when we went over the teams. Um, and I just love asking this year in and year out. Um, will Illinois State have one first place vote when they come out, when the official ones come out? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, sorry, I just had to get Is that, that question. <laughs> we, we talked about this last year. I love the fact that we got first. We should have, you know what? If you believe in your team, you should have a first place vote. All right, Valley fans, we are excited to have a guest from Three Man Weave. Jim Root is joining us, who published the Missouri Valley Conference um, preseason preview on their website um, here recently. And, uh, you know, Baker and I haven't gotten a chance to go over it, and we're just excited to have Jim on to talk through uh, some Valley hoops. So before we get into that, um, how are we doing today, Jim? I'm good. I'm ready. It's like, you know, you guys have your opinions all loaded up, so I'm just coming here to be the uh, the, the fodder that you take shots at. I'm ready for it. <laughs> all right. Before we jump into MVC, let's, let's learn a little bit about you and Three Man Weave. Uh, just for our listeners, um, personally, I, I listen to the Three Man Weave podcast. From my perspective, um, I pretty much just focus on Missouri Valley Conference, but if I want an overview of what's going on in the NCAA landscape, um, these guys do a really good job of just doing overall NCAA college basketball. Um, You know, it's not very slanted one way or the other, Uh, whereas, you know, ESPN, you're going to hear all about uh, the ACC um, on their front page, but they do a really good job of just covering everything about uh, the NCAA. So, Hey, Jim, maybe how, how did this get started? Uh, where is your allegiance? Um, maybe where you went to school and uh, what team you follow? Yeah, so the advantage for us is we're not, we're not paid by anybody, so we don't have to, uh, you know, cater to the ACC like the ESPN contract probably dictates. <laughs> um, but I am, I'm originally from Milwaukee area, grew up around there, huge Badger fan. Uh, the, the Dick Bennett years got me into college hoops. Made the they made the Final Four back in 2000. That was a a seminal college basketball moment for me. Uh, and then went to Mizzou. So that's kind of my second squad Big Ten SEC fan. But uh, I went I went to Mizzou with Kai, one of the other members of the Three Men Weave, and we met playing basketball. And we we're both accounting students. We we talk college basketball all the time. And then one of his high school buddies, Matt Cox, he's the third one. Uh, we just kind of all had this mutual shared obsession for uh, college hoops in general and, and Ken Palm pages and, and just kind of like digging into this nitty gritty data that maybe most people don't fully care for. And, and you know, that's, college basketball is kind of that sport where people mostly care about their team and their confidence, but we're, we're the, the losers that try to cover all 350 and we, we spend all that time and yeah, we enjoy it. It's, it's, a labor of love, shall we say. It's been a growing hobby for the last five years, and I've got a site and a podcast, and man, it's just, it's good to talk college hoops with people that feel the same way. Absolutely, and that definitely, um, the the nurturing around the data comes out in your previews, which is what I, I really enjoy that as well. Um, so, as you mentioned, uh, last year we had Kai on to talk, um, Missouri Valley, so I'm just curious, how do you guys divvy out uh, the conference previews? And how'd you get stuck with the Valley? Oh, not stuck with the Valley. How dare you? (laughs) 
Um, we we actually have a very highly competitive or, or heated draft. Uh, right right around the start of the season, we draft our leagues for the following year's previews, just for the the sake of like, all right, I know if I'm covering the Valley next year, I'll probably watch, try to catch a couple of Valley games this year. Uh, and so we do full snake draft. Usually the the power six are the first to go, and then you kind of just go down the the conference rotation that way. But I hadn't done the Valley in a couple of years and was ready to get back into it. I, as I said, I grew up a Wisconsin fan. So methodical half-court execution has kind of always been my bag. And the NBC thrives in that department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, I think the Valley is just, um, it, it's one of those, it's as, it's close to the Big Ten as you can get from just a style of play. Um, it's not flashy. It's not really run and gun. Um, it, it's definitely half court offenses. So and defense. I mean, we just we love defense. <laughs> so um, yeah, hell yeah. So let's get into it. Let's let's jump into the valley. Um, for those listeners who maybe haven't seen the preview um, that that Jim has written, um, he broke out the valley into tiers, and there were three tiers. Um, and to start off, I couldn't agree with your tiers um, more, Jim. Um, but so starting out in the, your first tier, uh, you had Loyola and Northern Iowa. Uh, that was tier one. And then basically you had places three through nine in tier two, and then Evansville at the bottom. So my first question is, how big is the gap between tier one with Northern Iowa and Loyola and tier two? I It's fairly sizable. I, I, I guess I kind of, categorize the tiers as I think Loyola and Northern Iowa have can enter the season thinking realistically like we could possibly get an at-large if everything breaks right we get a couple big non-conference wins we're good enough to you know go 15 and 3 or something in the valley that would really stand out Uh, I think those two are kind of head and shoulders above the rest both have player of the year candidates coach of the year candidates and then tier two would be more you know teams that could get hot come uh, come Arch Madness time, which obviously Bradley is an expert in at this point. Um, and then, yeah, and then you just got the sad, sad Evansville tier down at the bottom. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, so the one thing I think that, uh, I guess, the one thing I was kind of, that stood out to me was that you lumped Bradley in with the, with that three through nine range. And and to me, I feel like Bradley's kind of on their own tier. Um but you did have them high, higher than the other teams. Is, is that kind of fair, or do you, do you think that they are they are actually closer to the Indiana State, Drake, Southern Illinois? I think they're they're closer to Indiana State, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, have a lot of reservations if you wanted to say they were like a tier two, and then Indiana State through Illinois State was a tier three. So to put it in context, we do like numerical ratings for every team. That's kind of how we end up handicapping that's a whole nother conversation down the line um but i have bradley three and a half behind northern iowa but two ahead of indiana state so like they are like a a little a notch above whereas indiana state through valpo is separated by three points so like if you wanted to break bradley out from that i I think that's that's pretty reasonable i'm confident that they're the third best team yeah same and and we we all are I, i think bradley might be you know that'll be their chip on the shoulder um, I think when the when the official uh, rankings come out and, you know, the conversation is only going to be 
uh, Loyola and Northern Iowa, I'd say, to start the season. Bradley's they're going to come out and play. And But what I've always said is they're really good for three days in St. Louis, and that's been their success. You know, what what's their full body of a conference season look like? And that just hasn't been proven yet, um, in my opinion. Right, yeah. They, You know, I, I also definitely a Ken Palm guy. They haven't had a top 100 Ken Palm season under Wardle, whereas you know, Loyola had the, the crazy Final Four year. Uh, and you, you and I was like top 50 last year. We've just kind of seen those programs elevate to a slightly higher level than Bradley has through throughout the course of a whole season. So yeah, I, I've got them. I, I got to separate them just a little bit. And I like that too, because I think of, you know, that tier one is they're going to be in the national conversation, hopefully at the beginning of the season, you know, you know, sniffing maybe top 25, or at least, you know, if they did an early on bubble watch, you know, I would hope that Loyola and Northern Iowa stick out and, you know, um, for, as a Valley fan, that's that's where we think the national conversation should go are those two teams, just with great players like um, A.J. Green and uh, Cameron Kretwig from Loyola, who the, the nation knows about because of their Final Four um, run. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's a little bit – sometimes that brand recognition matters, like and where you're viewed preseason matters. Unfortunately, it's it's not entirely fair, but – the fact that they're a little bit established nationally, like, you know, Northern Iowa was a four seed a few, maybe five or six years back uh, with, with Tuttle. So, you know, the, the, the population can identify with that and be like, Oh, I know that those teams are capable. Let's, let's include them in that at large picture. And look, if you get two teams in there, that's, that's pretty solid for the Valley as it stands right now. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and it is, that is, that's a great point that you bring up is it's so difficult to, when you have teams that are, um, that aren't getting that recognition early in the season as a mid-major, it gets tough to get into that at-large conversation unless you go, you know, a 17-1 and one in your league and kind of force the issue. But I guess my one thing I want to bring up, uh, staying on the Northern Iowa and Loyola front, um, why Loyola over Northern Iowa? Great question. Uh, I had a lot of back and forth with this. Uh, Matt and, and Kai and I have, have belabored it. I think – I initially leaned Northern Iowa, and, and Matt was heavy Loyola. And basically, kind of talked me into the belief that part of what made Northern Iowa special last year was a defensive versatility, and b shooting and spacing around the AJ Green pick and rolls and stuff. And, and I think they lose some key pieces that made both of those areas special. Like Isaiah Brown, the Defensive Player of the Year in the Valley, he's a monster, could guard almost one through five with his length. And then shooting the ball, Brown was also an asset. Spencer Haldeman's gone. So they've just got to replace some guys there that filled roles that I think made specifically last year's team function so smoothly together. Whereas Loyola brings everybody back. Moser's kind of he, – he's had that, that monster season, so I'm, I'm okay with edging them slightly above Northern Iowa. But they're, they're both really good. I just I gave a slight nod to Loyola because of the, the losses that you and I had. I'm with you on that, and honestly, me and Baker just went over this. Um, in, in our, uh, I picked Loyola one, and he picked Northern Iowa two. Uh, but I think there's just something to be said, you know, in the mid-major realm, when you have all five starters back who are contributors, um, I, I just think that, you know, the four-year players, that's, that's the mid-major, you know, that's your dream job. Your dream team is to have everyone back, right, at the mid-major level. So I just think those are all elements that, um, you know, really set you apart from from other teams. Yeah, and even, like, you know, you could say something, too, where maybe 
Loyal was a little bit knocked early last year because Keith Clemens wasn't available right away. Maybe they'd have, you know, if they had him for the full season. But yeah, I mean, mid-major, like the goal is get old, stay old. And if you can kind of keep ro- rolling through your senior-laden squad, that's ideal. But to bring everybody back after a second-place finish in the league, that that spells probable success for, for Moser and those guys. Yeah, so maybe I'll just open it up to kind of general um, observations from you. You know, you, you said you started – if you know you're going to do the preview, you're going to, you know, kind of monitor the Valley a little bit more. Are there any storylines out there um, for the Valley that really stick out to you that, you know, if, if Valley results start coming in, um, you're kind of um, tuned into or you're looking out for? I'll give you two that are kind of interesting to me and a little bit hypothetical, so maybe hard to – actually answer but I'm curious on your guys' opinion. So one is the the head coaching job at Indiana State. Like Lansing, uh, that was a big part of my preview I wrote about is that they have not extended him despite that they had a pretty good season last year and they've got some young talent, especially in the front court. Very curious to see where that goes. And then this is also a little more hypothetical, but if Freeman Liberty had stayed at Valpo, how high would you guys be on them? Because and to me, he was like a, a ABC option for player of the year with Green and Crutwig if he had stayed. And they had some, some nice complimentary guys around him, some young talent that can get better. But without him, they're kind of missing that alpha. And, and now they've just got kind of a collection of solid players. But I'll, I'll let you guys pick to respond from either one of those two. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the JFL piece because and, – and I think you, you hit it on the head. Um, had he stayed um, – Gosh, I think they're right there at toward the top as probably fourth, right behind Bradley. Um, and I think they're they're gonna be really good. I think he was that good last year. I mean, to me, and, and I know you lumped in Crutwood there, I think that it was a clear that JFL was the second best player in the league last year, um from game one to eighteen. So yeah, had he stayed that would have that would have you know, with him and Donovan Clay and, and what they were bringing back, I think that, that would have and the momentum they played off of at uh, Arch Madness, I think would have kind of taking them into uh, in the next year. I'll let you take on the, the Lansing question there, Van. Yeah, I think Lansing's a good one. Um, the thing with Greg Lansing is I think everyone thought his seat has been hot, but it's more of an institutional issue with Indiana State and the money. And so my thought is what's the alternative for Indiana State? Because like you said, he's put together some good you know seasons. He's made a tournament. Um, I mean – I think Greg Lansing's one of the better coaches um, in the Valley. He's just not have that. He hasn't been able to sustain um, success. It's he's he's been really high highs and then really low lows with him. Um, I think that he's still just getting killed on the recruiting trail, as you mentioned in your preview. Um, uh, that's a recruiting thing. Um, is that they don't know if he'll be there next year. So how do you recruit with that? Um, is is so tough. But I think it's a Illinois or not Illinois State, Indiana State has to figure out what's Indiana State look like in the just NCAA, whether it be basketball, football, whatever sports. What what is their footprint going to look like moving forward? Because they're going to have to pony up the the money. Um, I think one of the best articles last year, I think the athletic or the, yeah the athletic did it um, on Greg Greg Lansing where he opened up about everything. I mean that that was pretty telling for me and. Um, personally, I, I think he should be retained. I just don't know what Indiana State's long-term, for lack of a term, mission is going to be moving forward on the athletics piece. So that's a storyline I think everyone's going to be 
on and you know we have indiana state um pretty much where you did in that fourth fifth slot because i do think they have some great parts coming back and they're going to be a good team so it should likely be enough to retain um lansing but i just don't know what indiana state's going to do long term yeah, I, I quoted that athletic article because he, oh. he said, like, if, if they had the money, they would have bought me out three years ago. <laughs> I was like, geez, <laughs> man, that's so blunt. Like, it's like, yeah, they want me gone. I get it. Um, yeah. but, and then I also I, I wrote an article on our website at the start of the offseason. I, I found, like, a report on the NCAA's website that had athletic budgets, and Indiana State was the lowest in the Valley. And I was just like, you know, if, if, if they want to move on, like you said, they've got to have somebody in mind or a direction, like, Maybe you bring in somebody because you want to change the style or something, but you can't just be like, oh, we'll we'll hire a better person when you don't necessarily have the money to do so. Yeah, and I think it's kind of at the point where I think it's it, – to me, it feels like they're going into this season um, as kind of a wait and see, see how things go this year. And this is more or less just try out to maybe get an extension or not. And, and that's got to be just one really difficult way to, to coach. But – uh Kind of moving off the, the storyline aspect, um, if you look at your bottom four, I think you had uh, Missouri State, uh, Valpo, Illinois State, and then Evansville at the bottom. Um, of those four, I know I know it's kind of tough to put you on the spot here, but of those four, which one of those could you see, you know, hopping up into the top four in the Valley? If you had to it pick one. Pro- probably would be Valpo for me. Uh, I, I, just before I before I talk more about I, Missouri State, I completely like almost had erased it from my mind that they were like the unanimous favorite last <laughs> season. I, I listened to your guys' preview pod before we uh, before we started, and I was just like, oh, that's right. Everybody was just like ogling Missouri State's roster. They were the like consensus number one across all preseason platforms, and that did not that did not happen for Dana Ford. But uh, all right, to answer your question. I'm going to say Valpo just because I don't know if Clay or McMillan or even Cricky was pretty good late in the year. If one of those guys could step up and be fill that alpha role that Freeman Liberty left, they have enough pieces around wherever, whichever one guy that would be that I think they could make a pretty strong push. But, you know, it's just such an unknown with, he was like, I think second in the Valley in usage last year. You really have got to reshuffle the uh, the, the usage and the pecking order on that team. Uh, do, do, do you guys have a team from that group that you feel a little more strongly about? No, I mean, I to me, and and I and I get what you're saying about Valpo. I, I have we I personally have Valpo ninth, um, Vance has them eighth. Um, to me, of the that group, I, I I would have probably leaned more Missouri State because I think with Mosley and I think with Prim, I think also not having all the expectations that they have on them going into the season. I think that kind of takes the pressure off Dan Ford and the team. And I think that, I think they're going to flourish. I think they're going to have a better year this year than, um, or at least a more consistent year than last year. Cause last year it just felt like it was kind of a, you didn't know what Missouri state team you were going to get. So to me, to me, that group, I would go Missouri state. I kind of like yeah. that prim prim was beat up and had the minutes limit early and they got nothing from Ritter and he's supposed to be like a big time shooter. So I, I think that's a fair call actually. Yeah, Dana Ford just has to find his identity in the Valley and his coaching style. He just, he's been all over the place on just what type of team he's going to throw out there, um, for lack of a better term. Um, so, 
I want to see him stay in the Valley, but I think his, his sights are outside of the Valley. And that kind of showed last year with a Juco, hopefully having a, some quick success and potentially moving on. At least that's the takeaway I had. Uh, so hopefully he gets settled in and um, yeah, has a good year with the bears. Yeah, that's reasonable. I, I, the, the low expectations thing, I think, probably matters, too. I mean, they, they inflated a lot of those guys last year. Like, oh, we just walked in with a bunch of Power Six players. We can almost walk to this. And they, they played some pretty tough games non-conference. I think they competed at Xavier pretty hard. Uh, but they just couldn't quite pull out, like, that big W and then got into the conference and, yeah, just kind of beat them up. It, it's such a physical take no prisoners league that if you're not you're not out there every night and you don't have an identity that you can lean on then even with a ton of talent like they had you can you can take some losses so the quote is uh jim root take no prisoner league Missouri <laughs> absolutely man i would if i played in there i'd go home black and blue crying to my mom getting me give me some ice <laughs> all right so i got a couple quick hitters for you jim um one, I want to ask you about Southern Illinois. I know they lost a lot of people, but they're bringing back their two stud now sophomore players and Lance Jones and Domask. Um, where do you think the sky is for these guys? Because to me, I think that I think I had them fourth, and um, in the Missouri Valley defense travels, and and that, they were the best defensive team last year. And I think that with Brian Mullins as the coach, I don't think you lose that defensive identity. Um, kind of where where's your thoughts on the Salukis this year? I had to fight putting them higher. I, I loved them. I, I almost had them fourth also. I loved what Mullins did first year, like picked last in the conference by the, the preseason uh, poll. And he, he just, yeah, he came in and kind of the opposite of Ford. He knew exactly what he wanted his team to be. He's like, we are going to be a pain in the butt to play against. You're not going to score against us. And that was without Aaron Cook, who was you know supposed to supposed to be the best player entering the year. Um, and he filled some holes with transfers. I don't, you know, I haven't seen Diavanzo play, um, but I know that Jacoby Long is a pretty highly regarded recruit. Harvey scored a bunch in the in the Ohio Valley as a freshman, and those two sophomores, I, I think, are like first team All Conference competitors. Domas, particularly, they probably should be first team preseason, and then Jones certainly has that ceiling. So. If the, the new guys that he brought in, if he's able to get them to mesh right away, yeah, I, I think top four is definitely in the cards for them. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and let you plug because I know we talked a little bit offline on this, but I was very um, impressed with the freshman of the year with Dalton Banks. Uh, I know you have a little bit of a, um, a connection there, but uh, how did you get to Dalton Banks? Yeah, I, so I, I think I'm probably guilty of I just watched more tape of him because he was from Wisconsin, and so I, I like had more time to fall in love with his game. Um, but there is also the uh, the connection of you know Domas was the freshman of the year coming from Wisconsin last year. Keep that pipeline going, bring in Dalton Banks, and in Long, the the guy I mentioned, the Southern Utah grad transfer talent, but he hasn't really panned out. So if you end up playing. Banks and Jones together in a backcourt. I think that could be really formidable. Two guys that can handle the ball. You can kind of attack whichever one has a weaker defender. So if if he gets the minutes, I think he's talented enough. But, you know, there, there's probably some other freshmen that are worthy that aren't from Wisconsin that I just didn't spend enough time watching their tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Wisconsin pipeline that we're uh, starting to turn through down in Carbondale. Oh, yeah. I I, I 
being from Wisconsin, I played one tournament for our club, club Mizzou team at, at Carbondale. I was like, all right, I could get down with this. It's pretty solid. It was a good, there's a, a, we got our butts kicked by SIU though. So that was not a fun trip. <laughs> Second quote, Jim Root, Carbondale, pretty solid. <laughs> pretty solid. I was, I was Which there on a random night. Ozzie Smith's son performed at a bar there. That is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So I went to Southern and uh, yeah, I pretty solid is um, that's actually a very good compliment uh, for Carmadale at times. <laughs> Put it on the front of the brochure right there. There you go. There you go. So, so my last thing is uh, I'm going to go the selfish route. Um, big Illinois State fan. So I want to ask you, uh, there's a lot, there's and going into the season. I think another storyline is uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Dan Muller going into the season uh, after is kind of trending the wrong way, but I think that this team's going to be better um, by losing Copeland because he won't because you won't have that guy who thinks he needs to take the bulk of the load. I think it's going to kind of force the the team to kind of rally around DJ Horn and Reeves and Fisher as well. Uh, where do you where do you see the Redbirds? Do you, do you have them? Do you could you foresee them going higher than where you have them? Because I know you have them in that De- second tier. Yeah, definitely could see them going higher. I mean, Illinois State's a team that the last two seasons I've I've lost money on gambling because I've kind of stubbornly been like, all right, Moeller had three top 100 teams. And I think he talked about last year about how good his stats were in the past, which, which obviously matters quite a bit. He's lost some really impressive assistance, but I was like, all right, they can't be bottom or outside the top 200. That that's not something that Dan Moeller has done in the past. So I, I, I just like kept, kept waiting for them to surge, kept waiting for them to, to refine their footing and it never really happened these last two years, but he does bring in some, some good athletes. Like he, he establishes a pretty good defensive system. I mean, I remember the, I went to a couple of Missouri Valley finals when I lived in St. Louis and, and that team with like Macintosh and Akun Purcells, like, God, they just switch everything. They're, they're so good defensively. And I'm waiting to see that return. Uh, another freshman that I actually ended up watching way too much of was, Alston Andrews, he's from nearby a town where my dad lived in Florida. So I watched a bunch of him and I think he could be uh, kind of a beast too. So pretend potentially a, another freshman of the year candidate there. Do you think that, do you think that they could, do you think that they have the, I don't know, the potential to avoid Thursday, at least for Arch Madness? Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I don't have them very far behind Southern Illinois and Drake in terms of like rating. And the program's clearly been good enough under Mueller to be up in that top five, top six. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely don't think you're, like, condemned to Thursday night trying to win four games in four days. All right. So now you're saying there's a chance. I like it. <laughs> hey, we all need to enter the season with hope. It's the fact that there are games at all is, is the most hopeful the thing fact, I can the think fact of. that there is a season <laughs> is, is, is part of it, for sure. And it's no, day one of practice. <laughs> Um, hey, Jim, um, thanks so much. Um, so before we kind of wrap up here, um, first off, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at the dumbest Twitter name in the world. It is at second chance points as two ND second chance points. I, I thought it was really clever that I was, you know, making points on Twitter and, you know, hindsight, probably not that clever, probably need to change that someday, but that's me, and then our group is three man weave underscore CBB or three MW rather three MW underscore CBB, and the website, the the word three dash man dash weave dot com, 
podcast is Three Man Weave. You can find us there. So we're all over the place. At some point, I will I will get better at this plug portion of things. But uh, as of now, I'm still a C minus at best. <laughs> well, we'll link everything um, on our end. But you know, you mentioned gambling. You know what's really tough to do, just as a Valley fan, now that um, you know it's 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 legalized in Illinois where we live. It's it's really hard to take an over in uh, Valley Conference games because you know you're just going to be sweating the entire time with the amount of defense getting played. Uh, yeah, when one team has a five minute scoring drought, you're like, all right, I, I knew this was going to happen, but it's still frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, thank you so much for carving out some time on the first official day of uh, college basketball practice. Um, I know you guys were recording, too. So, listeners, go check out the Three Man Weave podcast. And uh, thanks again, Jim, for joining us uh, this evening. Appreciate it. No, it's good to get to talk to some people who uh, who know the Valley well enough to call me on my BS if I'm, if I'm out of line. <laughs> <laughs> This has been episode three of the March to the Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 college basketball season. This was also the first official day of practice. So great that basketball is back. We've got some great social media out there, just seeing all the teams with their practice photos, practice videos. It's just great to see that today, Baker. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's, it's, it's always fun to see that everybody's kind of getting things rolling again. Um, big thanks to Jim Root from uh, Three Man Weave for coming on the show today. He uh, he had some awesome insight on his rankings. We kind of we kind of went back and forth with him a little bit on what he thought for the Missouri Valley coming up this season. So that was really fun. And uh, so definitely go check out Three Man Weaves. Uh, they've got a ton of content out there. You can easily find it. So um, please reach out and ch- check out what they have going on. Uh, but for, as for us, you can find us uh, on Twitter at MarchArchPod at March Arch Baker, and you can also find us on our new website, www.marchtothearchpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff out there, like we said in the open. Um, it'll be a good place for you to find all our shows and everything like that. And But this one thing, the one thing I'll say is it just doesn't mean you can't find our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen to us. So um, this is just another, another avenue for Valley fans to get some really cool Valley content.